Hey, everybody, this is Gary Kay, and you're listening to a special Infocom edition of my Rants and Rays podcast. Um, I am excited to be joined with Samuel Racine, who is Director of Sales for Matrox. Samuel, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, Matrox has a long history in video dating back to the beginning of the computer industry, almost with graphic cards and, and technology in, integrated in computers for years. But you'll be in booth 3055 at Infocom, and uh, one of the big pushes and one of the big positions that you have in the industry right now is all about AV over IP. Uh, let's talk about that for just a second. Sort of give me an update on where Matrox is in that segment of the market. Sure. So Matrox is um, in all areas of AV over IP. We are um, a company that builds codecs. We are a company that builds uh, chips. We sell intellectual property. We sell cards that are used to accelerate compression and decompression. Uh, we sell capture cards that use compression and decompression from other processors like uh, CPUs, GPUs, and FPGAs. We sell sub-assemblies and we sell appliances, etc. So from, from uh, IP all the way to finished products and everything in between, we support the, um, the um, AV and IT industries with uh, performance media over internet protocol. And, and you've been doing, we talked offline, you've been doing AV over IP, or you've been doing 4K, I should say, KVM, for before even 4K was a standard, since 2003. So obviously, the processing and sending video across the network is, is you know, far from a new thing for, for Matrox. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, we were doing it well before it was in fashion. Uh, the first 4K monitor was the IBM T221, and it was a... Not only a 4K monitor, but it was um, a high pixel density as well. So the idea was that you didn't want to have uh, an 80-inch screen on your desktop. You wanted to have something that was the same size as the monitors that you were using in the era. And so they had, instead of a 96 or so DPI, they had a 208 DPI. So everything was a lot smaller. And... Um, uh, it was used in a couple of niche applications. The first few use cases for 4K were in the fields of medical and satellite imagery and reconnaissance in the military and uh, various areas. So yeah, we had to be able to render 4K and we had to be able to extend 4K. So our first uh, KVM that could do 4K was, uh, was uh, going on 15 years ago now. That's, that's amazing to me. Um, so what 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 would we expect when we go to the Matrox booth? Are we going to see a lot of products? We're going to see technology. What are you going to show at Infocom in booth thirty fifty five? Yeah, we always show a lot of products um, that are um, um, workflow uh, optimized. So there's some video wall products, some uh, high performance, high density KVM uh, products to do you know big resolutions, many screens, many users on uh, on switchable networks. And there's uh, encoders and decoders for doing large networks of uh, AV over IP or for doing streaming applications. And one of the hottest booming uh, areas is recording, recording everything. And uh, maybe we can circle back to why recording is so hot later in the conversation. But in addition to all of this productized um, equipment that we're showing in our booth, we'll also be uh, there with our um, our R&D uh, VP and uh, a lot of technical people that are going to be meeting with our OEM partners and uh, 
some very advanced end users and uh, channels who have um, a trend and architecture and other types of questions on their mind because we're very active in supporting uh, the propagation of AV over IP in all of its forms. A lot of people have seen the high compression stuff in the last few years, our ability to do 4K, P60, 444 at uh, 50 millisecond latency on um, you know, KVM products, for example, in just you know, 50 megabits per second. So you know, people were shocked to see that that was possible. So we got the uh, high compression stuff out because we are working with some people that just need a very high number of users on their existing networks. They need to be able to fit many nodes on the networks that they already have in place. So that was the first stuff that we put out. And we were fortunate that there was a, a standard that had um, um, you know, a very big market share and uh, a lot of programmability uh, in H.264 to, to help propagate that technology. So uh, the stuff that we've made that is H.264 based is highly interoperable with other companies' software and other companies' hardware, which allows you know, customers and channels to build ecosystems that are very useful. Now, the next thing that we're working on is um, the, you know, uncompressed and lightly compressed media over IP. Um, there's There's been a lot of uh, effort put in by many companies in the industry to get really, really, really good latency and quality and performance over IP, you know, to the point where people are trying to replicate the experience of SDI and HDMI over IP. And so we're there in that arena as well. And um, we have uh, our... Um, VP of R&D, who will be at Infocom, and uh, he'll be in two places. He'll be in the Matrox booth from time to time, but he's also going to be in the Ames booth. And the Ames booth is there to talk about um, standards that um, do performance media over IP that uh, many parties are interested in, in seeing um, modified and enhanced to accommodate the requirements and the tastes of the uh, AV industry. So one of those standards is uh, ratified and accepted in the broadcast, the live production market, which is uh, called SMPTE-SMPTE-2110, uh, SMPTE 2110 is the nomenclature. And uh, AIMS is there to talk about how the um, AIMS group has begun a pro-AV working group. The chairperson for that working group is our own uh, VP of R&D, Dave Capini, and the co-chair is the CTO of PESA. And um, these people are basically collecting feedback from end users, channels, manufacturers, consultants, and all of the others who um, are very interested in creating useful ecosystems of uh, high-performance products that allow many interconnected hardware and software products to work as seamlessly as possible over IP. Yeah, so this at AIMS, by the way, is at AIMS Alliance is at aimsalliance.org, A-I-M-S alliance.org. Um, and actually, if you go to that website, you can get a schedule of everything they're doing at Infocom. That's what, uh, that's what Sam is referring to. I want to come back to your point about recording, um, because uh, obviously recording 
this content in you know 1080 and four and 4K are totally two totally different things that have a lot of different applications. Uh, so talk about sort of where Matrox is in that. Recording is a huge, huge area, and uh, it's booming in in every way, shape, and form. So the immediate use of recording is that it, it was until recently fairly complicated to record a, a quad HD desktop um, from an operator in a control room or a three-monitor high-performance uh, simulator. Um, now that encoding capability exists and it is possible to grab enormous resolutions, encode them, do it in an, an incredibly high quality, synchronized, and in low bit rates. And what this allows immediately is for after event review, it, uh, it allows for new applications of training systems and for people that design software, it, it allows them to uh, monitor how people behave with uh, user interfaces and make enhancements to the software that make the software more useful, more conducive in various different control room workflows and other um, performance media workflows, live events and other things. But there's a much, much bigger end game for recording that is really exciting, and, and that is tied into the artificial intelligence market. So in AI, already in the areas of data and audio, it is now possible to do enormous data analysis, including unstructured um, analysis of the data. And um, when, it, when it's unstructured analysis of the data, what is possible is uh, for computers to discover some possible correlations between you know, different variables that are being studied in, in audio and text. Until recently, it's been quite difficult to have the performance bandwidth and the, um, the ability to um, do analysis on frames of video and to look for features and frames of video. And uh, now that it's possible, now that there's a, a huge cloud infrastructure with people doing it uh, on the cloud as a service and on-premise, you know, secure infrastructures uh, from, from various vendors for, you know, more sensitive applications like energy and military, uh, the, the market is now creating this content. They're recording everything because um, they know that they'll be able to do feature extraction with better and better software, you know, every year as as the market matures, and they'll be able to glean valuable insights from their own data. Now, when you're talking about Google or Amazon or Microsoft doing analytics in the cloud, machine learning on their servers, it's quite different. Uh, it, they're using you know very public um, type information, social media, you know, um, search from uh, from browsers and things like that to to do big data analysis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Stuff like that, correct. When it comes to, um, you know, the military uh, or medical, uh, obviously the data is order of magnitude more secure. There's, there's protocols in place. In some cases, there are laws in place that make uh, the, the, the treatment of the data much, much, much more sensitive. And so, Private recording on on you know medical servers, military servers, and things like that is what's uh, so explosive right now because all of their advanced search algorithms, all of their advanced um, you know data analysis and machine learning 
on on AI technologies will will take place on their own content. They have to generate the content, and they need large volumes of that private content in order for the algorithms to, you know, have the uh, the relevance to to you know extract useful insights and features. You know, uh, artificial intelligence is about two things: iteration and and the amount of data so the 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 market is doing both they're trying to get as much data as possible recorded and they're uh, iterating and iterating and iterating and and they're they're expecting that um, you know things will pop out of that uh, with with ever increasing usefulness so from software design to collaboration to you know uh, looking for clues in patient um, x-rays and things like that and, and preempting um, you know uh, certain ailments from from progressing because uh, computers detect them a little bit faster uh, you could look at the work that IBM is doing with Watson in this area it's phenomenal um, and um, you know in 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 many ways the um, the control room technologies of today that do the the vanilla AV stuff like uh, extending switching um, um you know video processing compositing overlaying etc these are the perfect points to uh create a point of capture and recording and to use technologies that can create a really high quality video recording where the video is not just cameras and, and video video but uh, you know uh, graphics 3d cameras anything and um and creating high quality copies and in, in manageable bit rates uh, you know because storage is expensive and the ability to then go into those libraries of uh, video and extract useful information useful features is, is is a hot area in our booth this year we already have an extremely exciting partner uh, panopto and uh, they're showing their video management system this is a, a video curating and retrieval uh, environment. It's it's a it's both a product and a service. It runs on premise or in cloud. And what what Panopto allows users to do is to create you know enormous libraries of video, and they can uh, do audio to text uh, conversion, and with very high fidelity search through oceans of videos to retrieve things that people are trying to find. Like for example, Yale and Harvard generate about 10,000 hours of video per month now in their uh, lectures. All of that's being recorded. And when students or staff uh, or faculty um, want to retrieve something quite specific about a new protein that has been discovered or, or some other, you know, very, um, you know, niche subject, uh, sifting through, you know, large volumes of video in the past used to be about how much uh, metadata had been entered, you know, corresponding to the video. But uh, now the, um, the lecture itself um, is um, searchable in a very useful way. And what's coming next is the ability to search inside the video. For example, if there's a blackboard behind the teacher that has a word on it, you know, the machines of the future will be able to extract that frame and make it searchable and make that video retrievable so that when people forget certain terms or, 
you know, are, are looking for something extremely specific that is not in the metadata or the talk track, they can still retrieve it. So um, many, many useful applications of recording both immediately for training and um, product development and also um, those libraries have increasing value over time as technology evolves. Yeah, and this is going to be a bigger deal um, because of privacy and protection, protecting this stuff. And I think you even see those mainstream companies that you're talking about even alternate between having the publicly available information and the available information for private enterprise that they're selling and access to that information. And you're right. Uh, we also, at the University of North Carolina, where I teach, we record a lot of the lectures, not every lecture, but record a lot of the lecture. We're not just recording the lecture. We're also recording students' reactions, but we're also recording the content that's being delivered during the lecture as well. So you're talking about almost, in all cases, almost all cases, three streams of data that are being recorded, or three streams of content being recorded at the same time. So I, I understand where this is going. Of course, um, uh, Matrox will be in booth 3055 at Infocom with all of their products. And uh, Samuel, I really appreciate you doing this today. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, thanks again. And uh, don't forget about Ames Alliance because they're, set, they're attempting to set a standard for AV over IP. And they'll be talking about that in their booth at Infocom. Uh, you can look them up at amesalliance.org. And of course, Matrox, uh, I think you're matrox.com, but you also have like a microsite too, right? Don't you have something like matrixgraphics.com or something like that? Do you have a microsite specifically for the commercial side? matrox.com or matrox.com slash graphics, but matrox.com is the best one because all three business units are doing exciting things in, uh, in AI, in live production, and in AV. Perfect. Matrox.com it is. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.